If you want to know what's driving the behavior in an organization or on a team, look no further than their values. And if you want to know where the values come from, look no further than the leader. People always watch the leader. Are you embodying the values that you want others to follow? I hope so. That's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to Chasing Greatness, the podcast where we help you win at work, win at home, and win at life. And it's Monday. We are talking about winning at work today, as we always do. And we've been looking these last few weeks at what we call the serve model. It was It's from a book that my friend Mark Miller and Ken Blanchard wrote years ago called The Secret. It's this idea of what great leaders know and do, these five fundamental skills. And we've been creating content these last few years and helping organizations everywhere with this, this idea of these five fundamental skills. And today we're looking at skill number five, the E in the serve model, it's to embody the values. We're going to talk about it now. If you remember, and you've been listening the last, I guess we're, this is, we're five Mondays in here to this, to this serve model. And if you miss any of those other ones, you can go back and, and check those out wherever you get your podcast. They're available to you there. But what we what we asked you to do on week one was to identify a real problem, a real challenge that you're up against. And and we we wanted to take these five fundamental skills and look at how they could actually help us solve our real issue, our problem. Some of us had a struggle. Some of us maybe have a big goal we're after, a project we're trying to wrestle to the ground, a problem that just won't go away. As you begin to think about these these five fundamental skills, they'll help us with real stuff. That's why we wanted to, to uh, share these here on the podcast. The first week we talked about seeing the future. As you think about your challenge, let's just say you have a challenge in front of you. If you can't see a better tomorrow, you're going to have a hard time uh, wrestling that to the ground. It's the vision piece. You, you, the best leaders we know, they have vision. They're, they're, they see something that's hard. You know, I mean, how many people do I know they, they, they see something hard and they just shy away? But, but really good leaders, they see something hard and they see an opportunity. They see a chance to make it better. And so seeing the future was, was skill number one. Then we talked about engaging and developing other people. Uh, chances are you have a challenge that's bigger than you can handle on your own, and, and you're going to need some people around you. And so to really engage with those people, to build a team, to, to have a group around you, and just to begin to develop those people so they keep getting better. It's, it's amazing when the people around us get better. Uh, stuff always gets better for us. Uh, skill number three was to reinvent continuously. That was our R. And we live in this, this uh, world of rapid change now, and, and yet how many leaders are – just wishing their problem was going away and, and they don't want to do anything different. We said if we if if we want something different, we're gonna to have to do something different. And I and I reminded you that different always or better always feels different. It's it's like you're not gonna to get to better without different. If you're you're gonna you're 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 getting what you're getting, right? Because you're doing what you're doing. The same is always gonna feel the same, but it's always gonna keep you where you are as well. And so this idea of reinventing is a is a serious fundamental skill. And then last week we talked about valuing results. Yes, I mean we want better results. We want our challenge gone, but we we also need to value results and relationships. And and what we found was, according to research, less than one percent of us are are split right down the middle with valuing results and re, or or let me say it this way: we're we're split or, or less than one percent are split down the middle of being equally results 
oriented and relationally oriented. We're, we lean one way or the other. Uh, the research would show that we have a bias, and if we're not careful, we'll surround ourselves, if we're relational, with relational people, or if we're results, we'll, we'll, re- we'll surround ourselves with results people. And, and, and uh, we need the best leaders, they compensate for their bias. They understand, they lean one way, but they got to get some people around them uh, to help them counterbalance that. And so when we begin to do those things, that now our real problems, we've positioned ourselves with these five, four fundamental skills, these first four, to, to really be helpful. But this fifth one, this idea of embodying the values, it really is a skill that leaders understand that, that people always watch the leader. They are going to be held to a higher standard. And if you want people to behave a certain way on your team or in your organization, in your group, and you're the leader, they're going to take their cue from you. And so these a, a values-driven uh, team is, is so important. Values-driven leaders are great influencers. They they set the standards and, and they live by them. It, it's almost like, I, I always think back, I've, I've shared this before, that I remember when my, uh, when my, Kids were playing soccer. One of my one of my daughters was a soccer player uh, in, in, on her college team. Ended up being a captain on her college team, and it it, it was interesting. You go to a soccer game. The the captain always wears an armband that is, and nobody else on the team has the. I mean, the, the couple of captains they have the armband, and it's it's like they're held to a higher standard. They're the ones who can speak to the referee. They're the ones who, you know, why does a coach make somebody a captain? They're the leader of the team. They're the, they're the leader on the field. It's almost like they're the coach on the field kind of mindset. And, and you as a leader need to, to put the armband on, so to speak, that you are going public, that you're going to be held to the highest standard. You're going to be the, you're going to be the coach of the group. You're going to be the leader of the group. You're going to be the one that, that is living out the values at the highest level. You're going to, you're going to set the standards and you're going to live them by them. So as you think about that, do you sincerely intend to become a leader that, that people respect and want to follow? If you do, you're going to need to embody the values. Now the question becomes, how do we do this? And I want to give you three things here that, that I think will help you to practice this idea of of embodying the values. And the first one I would say is, is that we need to establish some core beliefs. Like what are our core beliefs? If you go to a doctor and, and, and you start talking to them, they're going to tell you that a person's core is greatly going to affect their health. When, when we hear the words core, you know, when it comes to the body, we, you know, what, what do we think about? We, we think about somebody who's exercising, they're pounding out their crunches or their sit-ups, they're holding the plank, you know, so they can have a six pack and and it, and if you're one of the people with a perfect six pack, you, you know you're probably going to show it off. That's great. I'm uh, you, you're excited. It's summertime, and you're going to go to the beach, and that'll be fun. Uh, you've worked hard for it. You know that's good. But but if, for those with influence over other people, I think the most important thing to remember is that it is that people always watch the leader, and we need to have this core set of values that when when. When people look at us, we're we're not afraid to show them off, you know. And and I like I like the number six. I mean, I, I think they actually say we may have an eight pack, but you know, most of us we just have a pack. But uh, when when you think about that that idea of a six pack, what are those? Let's say four to six values that are going to drive your behavior, and that you want to show it off. You want people to see you behaving this way valuing these these core beliefs your team members really are going to watch to see if you're going to live those out and you 
you're, you can increase your influence if you'll establish some core beliefs and, and then behave like they matter. So as you, as you think about these establishing core beliefs, the right behavior is always going to reveal right beliefs. If you're behaving the right way, it's because you're believing the right thing. And, and yet most of us haven't really taken time to think like, what are the core beliefs that we're going to have? Uh, secondly, uh, you know, as you think about establishing core beliefs, I, I, I would just remind you to take stand on what matters most. Not everything needs to be a core belief. I mean, you may have 50 beliefs, but like, what are the four to six things that say, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to die on this hill or I'm, I'm going to die on this sword. I'm, I'm really, this is, this is going to be who we are and what's, what's going to drive our behavior the most. And I, and I do think that living out the values creates genuine influence. So, so my question here is you think about establishing some core beliefs would just be simply to take a moment here and you might even write out like the, write these out on paper. If you don't have them written down, chances are, if you're a high performance leader, you already have these written down, but you may want to revisit them and, and you know, are you living like they're true? Ask yourself that question. But my, my, my homework on this would be, you know, what, what are your three most important core beliefs? What are your four most, if you want to really go four to six, ultimately you could go up to six, I would say. But if you just had to say, these are the, these are the three things that are most important in my, in my work, uh, or maybe even in my life, they may be different. You know, as you think about those, they, sh they shouldn't violate each other. They shouldn't be in conflict with each other, but you may have a different set of core beliefs for your work team than you do for your life. But I, I want to I encourage you to take some time this week. If you're really going to chase greatness, and you're going to embody the values. You need to know what those values are and, and then begin to model that. And then, and then as you begin to push down into your organization with your team, with, you, with your group, whatever it is you're leading, I, I would just encourage you secondly, the second way to practice embodying these values is to align behavior, to make sure that, that people's behavior is aligned um, yes, leaders must, you know, we must model the desired behavior, but you want your people, uh, to, to be aligned with that. And, and I, I like to think about an automobile here when, when all four tires are in proper alignment, the, you know, the car, it rolls great. But if you've got one wheel or a couple of wheels, you know, the front end gets out of alignment, the thing begins to shake. And if you as a leader are, you know, you're going to lead effectively. You've got to align your behaviors to your values and you've got to align your team uh, to those values as well. So um, we're, we're continually aligning everyone to the values if we're going to be a, an impactful leader. This is a fundamental skill of leadership to make sure everybody is aligned and pulling toward those values in the same direction, not against each other. You know, some people are, you know, they, they think this is true and some people think that is true and and, and there's not an alignment there. I think that's really dangerous. So we want to make sure that we're not only uh, establishing core beliefs, but we're aligning behavior to that. And then I, I guess the, th the last thing I would tell you here is you, as you think about this values conversation, another way I think we can practice this is to seek feedback. If you've got, um, you know, great athletes, they've, they've got a skill set that helps them get to the top of their field but but leaders have blind spots. I mean, we're we're we we've got a skill a set of skills as well. And if we're not careful, we'll undervalue this idea of embodying the values, and uh, it becomes it becomes a blind spot. And and we need to have some other people around us help us 
improve. And so I think that, you know, this idea of seeking feedback, the humility to seek feedback and to embrace feedback is, is usually a differentiator between those who are good and, and, and those who become great. I mean, the, the best of the best, you know, if you think about those athletes, they're coachable and they are, they are not above, you know, input and feedback from those people that are coaching them. And, and oftentimes they are coached the hardest. They are, they are, uh, the most humble on the team. I mean, really, they're the, they're the greatest player a lot of times because they are they really have the, the deepest you know amount of humility and and now we see we see athletes all the time who who you know they're not they're not humble they don't appear to be humble they're you know a lot of times we even see them they're arrogant but I would argue that those who have this humility this coachability they actually reach their potential in a greater way than those who are arrogant. I understand there's got to be cockiness and, or maybe not cockiness is the wrong word, but there, there needs to be confidence for sure. And there needs to be this, this, um, this strength of, you know, belief in, in, in yourself and in your ability. There's no question about that. But if you're not careful, that arrogance can, if it turns to arrogance, it can, it really can hinder what is possible. How many, how many, you know, athletes, you look at them and they're, and they've got this arrogant streak in them. You, you wonder like if they had to had more humility or if they had been a little more coachable, how good could they really have been? It really is crazy to think about that. So as you, as you think about seeking feedback, you know, do you have the humility to, to go to the people around you and, and ask, you know, these important questions like, how can I get better as a leader? Where, where am I not living out what we say is important? And as you begin to have those discussions, that humility is going to demonstrate to them that you you have this willingness to get better, not just a willingness, but a desire uh, to get better as well. And I think that's the difference in seeking feedback and receiving feedback. I think there is a difference. I, I think, it, you know, who, who, who wouldn't say that we should receive feedback so we could get better? But really great leaders, they go and seek it out. And there is a difference in just saying, it's okay if you come to me and share you know, how to get better, but I'm coming to you. I mean, I like that. I like that mindset of like, what can I do better? How can I, how can I make it better for you? And if we want to be better leaders, I think one of the immediate steps we can take is to seek feedback from those around us and then adjust as needed. You know, if not, we're, we're just living in denial and that's never going to land you, uh, you know, in the leadership hall of fame, so to speak. You get a hall of fame athletes because they're, they're humble and they're coachable. You get hall of fame leaders because they, have that same level of humility. Uh, seeking feedback always begins with humility, and and so it's important for us to to not forget but get that, and then and then to embrace it. it. It it can move us from being, you know, good or average to to really being great. It, it you know feedback, if we handle it correctly, it will always fuel growth. And growing leaders are you know they are they're a force to be reckoned with with here. They're chasing greatness really. So how often do you seek feedback from those you lead? Do you, do you need to go have a feedback conversation with somebody? Is there, is there, you know, right now, you know, you're, you're, you say some things are true. You're wearing the armband, but truthfully, when, when the game is on and when, you know, things get hard, you take a little shortcut or two when it comes to those values, you violate those and don't really live the way you, sh you, you, you should. I, I think it's important for us to, to not just, um, seek feedback but as as we think about this idea of embodying the values continually evaluate do we have the right values in place is our behavior aligned and are we continually 
trying to grow and get better in these areas. If we're the leader, we need to we need to not forget that people are watching. People are going to follow your example more than they're going to follow your words. And if your words are, is is real are really in in conflict with your example, you're going to lose credibility and and you're going to forfeit influence. You know this because as you think back, you've had some people who have told you one thing and done something else. And you you really don't want to give them the time of day when it's all said and done. You're gonna you're gonna uh, you're gonna leave them emotionally, and you're gonna check on them, check out on them when it comes to your engagement. And and ultimately, you may even leave them. Uh, high performance leaders are not going to stick around if if they're being led by someone who's who's saying one thing and doing something else. So that's the serve model. As you think about your uh, your own leadership, there is a there's a character side of it. We we'll talk about that at some point, but there is this the skill side. It's not just your character. I think it, it character's foundational. We always say if your heart's not right, nobody cares about your skills, but they do care about your skills. They want your heart to be right. They want your, your, your character to, to be right. But if you're really going to be a high-performance leader, it can't just be character. It does have to be skills. I know, I know a bunch of great people that, that couldn't, you know, couldn't lead us out of the room, so to speak. What, you've got to have some skills and i think these five these five skills we've looked at the last few weeks are are fundamental they're the ones where we start it's it's the vision piece remember can we see the future it's or facing something hard do we have some people around us can who can help us you know wrestle it to the ground we're engaging and developing others are we are we just trying to do things the same way over and over again hoping it'll get better or hoping it'll change we don't want to do that. We want to reinvent continuously. We want to value results and relationships. Our, our results are going to get better if we understand that we're in the people business ultimately, and, and our customers uh, are are really the owners of our of our business. If they go away, we don't have a company. And then finally, as we've talked about today, it, we want to have a set of values in place, and we want to embody those. We want to believe those. We want to be the person who who understands that people always watch the leader. We want to to embody those values. So if you want to serve your organization, you lock into these five fundamental skills and over and over again, when something pops up, a challenge, a struggle, an opportunity, a goal, anything you got in front of you, these five fundamental skills will always be relevant in those situations. They'll help you win at work. And that's what, that's what we're about here. We really want to help you to be as great as you can be. And you get to choose you know, how much you want to work on that. So if you want to, if you want to, you know, go the next level, let's start working on, on this serve model. I think it, it's, it's served Chick-fil-A really well. It's served us well as we've helped other companies uh, understand, you know, these, these, the skills of leadership. And I think they'll serve you well uh, too. So let's, let's keep, let's keep pushing here and, and getting better at our fundamental skills. The teams that win, they really do the things that they, they do the fundamentals. Usually they have great talent. Yes. But, but when talent gets equal, it's the teams that really fundamentally, uh, get it right. That, that usually differentiate themselves, uh, from, from their competition. And I think that can happen for you as well. All right. I hope you'll share with somebody our, uh, our content here. If you, if you get a chance, uh, please hit that like button. If you've not subscribed yet, I encourage you to do that. And maybe you'll just pick four or five people today and say, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna send this out to them, encourage them. Uh, we want to be a values-driven culture, let's say. you got some people on your team. Share it with them. Listen to it 
get, get everybody to listen to it and then have maybe a discussion about it. And you might even have a team discussion, like what are our values and, and get those in place and let those drive your behavior. I think your team can be well on its way to greatness. All right. See you guys in a couple of days. Love you. Hope you'll have a, hope you'll have a good start to your week here. We're going to talk about winning at home on Wednesday. Hope you'll join us for that.